Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. You know, God told me to start writing Jesus songs again and to sing Jesus songs again because it's all about Jesus. So 2022, if you don't like Jesus too much, you may not like this church because we are going to be talking Jesus. We'll be preaching the messages of Jesus. We'll be singing songs about Jesus. Everywhere you turn, Jesus. People may even start wearing shirts with Jesus on them. Do you receive that? Yeah, that's important because, you know, the Holy Spirit, who we are talking about, he exalts Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is always exalting the Father. You see, that's, their unity is not fake. Everyone knows who the boss is. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, you people. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that's why we know the Holy Spirit has done a good job. Because we feel like he's neglected, but it's like he's the one who has intended it that way. Because the Holy Spirit makes sure we know more about Jesus. And then Jesus always talks about who? The Father. The Father has no one to talk about because he's the real deal. Amen. So you see that that's how it works. Even, even in life. Even in life. You see, you know you, you have a good pastor when the pastor is always t- t- pointing you to, to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father. If the pastor is telling you about themselves, eh, my God, you're in trouble. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, that's, even families, that's how they work. You find that a wise mother is always pointing the children to, to their father because the nature of fathers is such that sometimes children could doubt their father's love. Sometimes. Because the mother is the natural, is the one, she's the one who, what, the father is just gone to two weeks, two days, two hours, always seemingly gone. So now the mother knows these children here, they are going to end up loving me and not loving their their dad. So wise I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Wise mothers always sit the children down and tell them all the stories about their father and how their father is a great person. So that they are never tempted to think that the father doesn't care because the mother is the natural. She's the one that expresses the love easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just giving you here serious stuff for your marriages and you don't even know it. Yeah. That's how it works. Every wise person points whoever they lead to a higher authority than themselves. A good head of department will always be talking about I don't know, the, 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 the CEO or the whoever if you're a section manager, you're always talking about the head of department. Like, but you know why companies don't work well and people always lose their jobs? 
you, you come from the meeting, then you start, those guys have said, what? Because you're buying political points with your team, not knowing that the team you belong to takes precedence over the team you lead. You don't feel like you're preaching so well, but people are just pretending not to be understanding. Yeah. It works in every sector. Whoever you lead, you're supposed to be making them fall in love with whoever leads you. It's a principle. It's not about how you feel. It's principle. Your boss might be some really terrible guy. But that's not what you tell these guys. Yeah. You tell them this person is really good because, you know, they started the company. We could be without jobs. Uh, and you know what you do for others is what others do for you. As you start honoring those who lead you, those you lead will start honoring you automatically and you'll wonder where it came from. It's, it's how it works, okay? So he talks about the anointing, that's the Holy Spirit in action. And we talk about why the anointing, that was last week, and we agreed, I hope, that we should not even try to do ministry without the Holy Spirit because he's the essential aspect. Now, we are going to go into some other territory, but today I want us to look at a very interesting aspect. Actually, this series is called Empowered and Sent. How do you tell someone is anointed? Because if you're looking for something, you need to be able to tell when someone has it. If you're looking for money, you need to be able to tell those who have money what do they look like so that you have a picture of where you're going. And there was silence. Yeah. So, the reason many people are not anointed is they can't tell what an anointed person looks like. When you don't have a reference point, you, you can't become the thing you don't know what it looks like. And my interest in preaching this series is not so that you get overwhelmed with information and data about the Holy Spirit and the anointing. It's for you to actually become anointed. That's the point. Please, we are not here to have theological arguments about the anointing. We are here to make sure that the next time you are doing whatever you're doing in ministry, at work, at church, at home, you, 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 you see the result and say, mm, I think this is now the Holy Spirit. So you need to be able to tell what an anointed person looks like. If you're studying to be a doctor, you need to be able to tell what doctors do. Yeah, if you don't know what doctors do, why are you studying to be a doctor? Amen. Amen. If you're studying to be an architect, you need to be able to tell what do architects do. I got inspired to become an architect after I visited an, an uncle of mine. I went to his office and I felt it was so cool the way they would put those lines together and next you see the building. I was like, I want some of that. Now, without me visiting that office, I would probably never become, have become an architect. So you have to be able to see it. Yeah. I'm trying to think about what Bishop Doug said. He said that the mind cannot perceive what the eye cannot see. Yeah. The mind cannot perceive 
what the eye cannot see. If you, you need to be able to see red to, to perceive red. Otherwise, if you can't see, you describe red until the cows come home, it will never make sense to you. That's why in your life, there are so many things that you don't think about because you don't have a perception of them. The mind cannot perceive what the eye cannot see. When you and I look at a building, because I'm an architect and I have a trained eye, we see completely different things. Or rather, there is a lot you don't see that I see. I can see all the imperfections that you don't see. Am I making sense? When Elder Cameron, you and, and I, we, if, when we all look at a, a design, a piece of designed artwork, we will all see different things. Hey. So I'm teaching you this so that you can start perceiving the thing that you're trying to see, rather to become by telling what it looks like. So, how do you tell a person is anointed? Now, the more religious you are, the less likely it is that you will discern the anointing. Religious people find it very, very hard to discern the anointing. Yeah. In fact, two categories of people. Carnal people can't discern the anointing. Carnal fleshly. If you are full of the wisdom of the world, the flesh... So two categories. Carnal people, those people, they just are controlled by completely something else other than God. It's very hard. You see anointed people and think there's a problem with them. Now, the other category are religious people. Yeah. Like when you've been in church for a long, long, long time and you know how many songs are going to be sung when the service starts and what styles are going to be there, you, you probably will completely miss the anointing. You see, Nicodemus came to Jesus and said that, ah, we know you must be from God. No one can do these things if God is not with him. It, it was an unbeliever, Nicodemus. Yeah. The other guys who were hanging with Jesus, they, 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 they were not, they, could, they no longer marveled at those things. Like, what are you saying? They, we see this every Sunday. Hey. Um, meanwhile, you see me here, but I'm trying to hurry. Yeah. So, Nicodemus, a guy who came at night, is the one who could tell. Those verses, by the way, they used to exist in John chapter 3. <laughs> He's the one who could tell that, you know, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Yeah. Non-believers are more likely to tell anointing before believers who have been in church too long, especially. I'm telling you. Yeah. I was one of those people who was totally blind to anointing. 
because I was a combination of religious and carnal. Now when you have both, like I had, your chances are slim. So you can be in church all your life. People keep getting miracles. What? You, you just keep going. Because it has never occurred to you that some people are anointed. You see that? Now, let's first get to the bottom of it, then maybe we'll swim upwards. How do you tell a person is anointed? You can't tell a person is anointed by looking at them. No. You can't tell that a person is anointed by what they wear. And today I made an effort. You, you can't tell the person is anointed by the volume of their microphone or how loud or softly they speak or their style of ministry. Are they dramatic and what? Or are they just, they stand in one spot and talk? No, you can never tell. Otherwise, you're going to be deceived. The man is anointed just because he was jumping up and down while preaching and sweating and wiping whatever. No, you can't. And I'm not saying people who wipe are not anointed. Some of them are seriously anointed. But I'm just saying you can't tell a person is anointed by observing the person. Rather, you can tell a person is anointed by the effects of what they do. That's what Nicodemus was telling Jesus. No, no one can do these things that you do unless God is with them. Yeah, No one. It's like this, this stuff here. We have observed what you do. And we are starting to be suspicious that God is what? Is with you. Hey. I'm preaching good. I believe it. John 3, 8 in the King James Version, which I love, saith, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You cannot tell the wind direction apart from observing what the wind is doing. Yeah. When you see all the trees, the branches going like that and you're hearing sounds, the, you know the wind is here and it's strong. Amen. Amen. My sense is that we are making progress. Now, my whole laboring this morning is to make sure that the next time you find anointed people, who are many by the way, you don't miss the point because you have blinders on which have blinded you to anointed people. You see, I call these people who go out and do evangelism and people get saved. You think it's by what, using what? Huh? They are, they, are they putting them on gunpoint? Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. No. It is the Holy Spirit. As they speak, the Holy Spirit is ministering to the person. You know what a transfer, a power transfer ve vessels. 
So you can tell people anointed. Salvations. Because that one, you, you can't get it done carnally in the Justin Bull. I'm a good talker. I will convince the person. No. If you didn't pray and you just go in your power, nothing. Yeah. So you find a person come and say, I just I've just been over there and five people have given their lives to Jesus. Just know you're talking to an anointed person. Now there are some things that are a little bit more obvious in the church and in the Bible that make that show that a person is anointed. But there are some other signs that are less obvious. Now, most people miss the anointing because they miss the less obvious signs. Because they are looking for the other ones, like healings and miracles. Those are the more dominant ones that people look for. But they are not the only ones. In fact, in the Old Testament, only two people, three people healed people. Abraham, Elijah, and Elisha. That's all. Everyone else, the expression of the Holy Spirit was so different. Very little healing until Jesus came. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey. Quietness Presbyterian is right. So, John gives us a, a, a window. He says, just look at what the person does. That's a key. Yeah. If you focus on the person, you're going to completely miss the point. Just look at what they do. That will show you whether they are anointed or not. Amen. It's, so, it's not obvious. It takes God opening your eyes. Remember the story of Peter and uh, Jesus. Matthew 16, 15 to 17. Jesus was asking him, what, who do people say I am? You're this, you're that, you're the other. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And, this, and then says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That means you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And then Jesus told Peter, blessed are you. Yeah. When you can tell anointing, the next thing is going to happen is you're going to be blessed. Yeah. Is it what? Blessed. That's where Jesus' first words. Blessed are you, Simon Bajona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know that it takes the Holy Spirit to, to tell. It's the Father who opened Peter's eyes to say, You are the anointed one. Now, you would think after all the miracles they had seen, eh, by now, this should not be even a question in the exam. Who do, who do you say I am? <laughs> the other day you were distributing food to 5,000 people from five loaves. The other day you walked on water. The other day you cast out demons. Really, why are you asking us? But you know, People had been saying, oh, this is, this is Elijah. I think it's John the Baptist come, uh, he's come back after being killed. 
So this is not early in Jesus' ministry. This was after John the Baptist's death. So it's late. They had seen enough to be able to say, this is the anointed one, the Messiah. What? They missed it. Yeah. Even Jesus was surprised when Peter got it. Because Jesus knew it's not easy to understand these things. Am I, am I, am I talking? Elijah had a whole school of prophets. Only one person understood who Elijah was. It was Elisha. Everyone else was just hanging around the school, taking classes every day on prophecy and God and whatever. Hey, quietness Presbyterian has departed. Yeah, these guys were well. Then when Elijah was about to go, look, they even could tell because they came to Elisha and said, your master will depart from you today. Why? They're in the school of prophets. They, should, they have caught something that can tell them what's going to happen. But they didn't know they lived with a very anointed person. Only Elisha knew it. It takes revelation. Yeah. You could be living with a very anointed person in your house and you don't know. It takes revelation because, you know, an anointed person is as ordinary as a person who is not anointed. Yeah, they're exactly the same. They all get hungry. They all eat. They all overeat sometimes. They use the bathroom. Yeah, they get headaches. They, they get, they're human beings. There is nothing special about an anointed person except the fact that the Holy Spirit works through them. And because you can't see the Holy Spirit, you can't look at the person and say, this one looks like the Holy Spirit. No. It's the results. Hey. Am I talking? May God open your eyes to see. And may God open others' eyes to see you in the true light of the anointing upon your life. Yeah. So Jesus is like, wow, how did you tell? Ah, he's like, no, you could never figure it out. It is my father who told you. <laughs> Amen. Look at Mark 6, 1 to 2. Mark 6, 1 to 2. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. Are you with me? And his disciples followed him. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, uh -huh, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. He was teaching. He was what? Teaching. <laughs> you see, Teaching is a function of the anointing. You see, the anointing is the Holy Spirit at work. What was the most significant thing Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do with us? He will guide you into all truth. He will be your teacher and instructor. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to do all these other things. Heal us, perform miracles for us. It is, but the thing that Jesus promised, he will teach you. But usually when you're teaching like now, 
Some people are waiting for the time of the Holy Spirit to start moving. They are like, when, when is he finishing teaching so we start the, that section of the Holy Spirit? No. It's because, you see, I told you, the more religious you are. Yeah. See, in this church, mostly what we do is what? Teach. Yes, we pray for people, what, but mostly what we do is teach. Because that's the foundational ministry of the Holy Spirit. Instructing, guiding into all truth. Amen? So anyway, he was teaching. And then they were astonished. Where did this man get these things? Huh? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Hey. Did you know that wisdom is this is me, Mose, okay? I think that wisdom is the most essential part of the anointing. Yeah, it's the pinnacle. Like if the anointing was the whole cake, the wisdom would be the cherry on the cake. That's why the writer says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Yeah. You see, when you walk in wisdom, all these other miracles you're looking for, you may not need them. If you walk in the wisdom which tells you that you're better off marrying a saved person. Then we don't need to have several fasting and praying sessions for your husband who is not saved and the way he's behaving because he's behaving like a non-saved person, like non-saved people are expected to behave in the first place. Yeah, we don't need that miracle. Are you with me? If you understand the wisdom of how to make money, save it, invest it, and multiply it, you don't need financial miracles. We don't need to pray for you for the next meal. Now, we can use that for your benefit, but because wisdom is, is, is the principal thing. Amen. Are there people... Now look at Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 2. Isaiah 11, 1 to 2. Ah, let's read together. There shall come forth a road from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Well, they are talking about Jesus. Amen. Matthew 1, 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And Jesse was David's father. So I talk about a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's Jesus. And what do they say? He says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The only way Jesus could do the things he did was because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the only way you and I are going to do the things Jesus did is by allowing the Holy Spirit to rest 
upon us. It's very instructive that he uses the word rest. John talks about the baptism of Jesus and says that the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. Remained. Yeah. It's not for beeping the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Give me a good day. I'm out of here. See you at MC Live. No. No, 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 no. We are talking about a relationship. An awareness of his presence. That is more consistent than that. Amen. You know, one of the questions I like to ask myself is this. Finish this line. Because God is here, dash, dash, dash. Imagine yourself in the, in the traffic. You're driving. Hmm? And then people start creating fifth lane. And you also feel like... And then you ask yourself a question. You make the statement. Because God is here. Dash, dash. Now imagine you're in gear one of that usual quarrel you have with your spouse. And when you have just started, Godzilla, here cometh. Then you remember this one. Because God is here. What's the way forward? Disengage. Go from D to neutral. Actually, parking. Switch off. Get out. Ask them, would you like a cold drink or a hot drink? No. Because God. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the anointing. When you're freaking out at work, something has gone wrong. Everyone is running scared. And you close your office door. Because God is here. I dash, dash, dash. Ah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Most of our anxieties is because we have not let the Spirit of the Lord rest. Rest. Yeah. Would you describe the, what, yourself as one upon whom the Holy Spirit rests? Is it comfortable with you? Have you ever gone home when you're so tired? And then maybe you have the wisdom to bathe. And then you go and fall on your cushy bed. Eh? You know those moments where they're like, the day is done. You're resting. Ah, would you describe the Holy Spirit being like that with, with you? So it says of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord will what? Rest upon him. So when you know that that's true, he rests upon you. He's not jumping all over the place. 
then you can always say, because God is here, I. You know, that's the next word. Because God is here, I. Because it's a function of you, not all the other people who are panicking or who are creating extra lines or who are raising their voices. Imagine you're in a family fundraising meeting. Someone's quandula is coming up. The chairman has called for pledges. Then you say, because God is here. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, that's all the time to say, you see, you can't do, like, you can't finish that sentence by saying, because God is here, I will not give. You see, it doesn't work. Yeah. Because God is here, I'm going to answer back rough, badly. No. A soft answer turns away wrath. It's the anointing. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now let's examine these six functions or sets of three. What's the first one? What's the first one? It's there. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Because you come across people who have deep understanding and wisdom and you think they are not anointed. Because you're religious. You see, it depends on what religious type you are. If you're religious Pentecostal, you'll disregard the anointing that expresses itself as wisdom and understanding. You're only looking for people who are screaming, falling, shaking, running, etc. Now, if you are religious, other way, when you find people shaking, falling, running, vibrating, you think it's, it's of the devil. Because you are religious some other way. Now, when you're religious this other way, when you find people who are talking, teaching, reasoning, understanding, and going to change things in their lives, you think God is not in it. Because for you, you must vibrate. That's, that's your standard yeah, you're like, that's life without shaking. No shake, no anointing. No. You can experience the anointing without shaking and falling. You can also experience the anointing with shaking and falling. And if you don't like shaking and falling, don't criticize the shakers and fallers. Or is it movers and shakers? I'm preaching better than you're listening. I send greetings to Dr. Tusu. He always reminds me about that phrase. So the spirit of wisdom and understanding is the first expression of the Holy Spirit on Jesus. You see that? Yeah. Next, the spirit of counsel and might. Might. Hey! Might. Yeah, that takes care of miracles, signs, wonders, and all of that. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Did you know that it takes anointing to fear the Lord? Yeah. 
Most human beings don't fear the Lord. People, people use God like toilet paper. Yeah. He's just there to do what you want to solve your immediate problem and forget about flushing down the toilet until your next problem. God, where are you? Ah, then you're like, let me go to garage after seven months. You don't fear the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. People don't fear the Lord. I'm not talking about fear, dread, ooh, Mufasa, no. Just reverence, the way you should have reverence for your father and your mother. Hey, can I give you a clue? Now, some people are going to say, okay, look, Mose, give me a break. Me, I fear the Lord. And that's where it ends. No. Ah. Oh. I don't want to go here. No. No. There is not a single human being you fear. You don't fear the Lord. Yeah. This is how you tell you fear the Lord. When you fear some people who God has said you should fear. Yeah. Like your parents. If you don't fear your parents, you don't fear the Lord. You, you're pretending to fear the Lord, but you don't. You see... I was telling you that the anointing rests upon people. Yeah, that's next week's sermon. Where is the anointing? The anointing is with people. When Ananias brought the fake offering, hmm? Acts 5, Peter told him, Ananias, Acts 5. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now, was Ananias presenting the offering to the Holy Spirit? He was pre presenting it to Peter. But Peter is saying, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Next verse says, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own to control? Why have you conceived this thing in your... And they say, you have not lied to man, but to God. In not fearing certain people, you don't fear the Lord. My experience has been that the longer I've deliberately walked with God, the more fearful I've become of certain people. Not even Mboba pretends fear. Real fear. Like there are people who I, I know this one, no. Yeah, I, I just know God can overreact if I deal with that person the wrong way. You see Moses and Miriam, no, Miriam and Aaron were Moses' older siblings. Miriam had been changing his diapers. 
and Aaron was done speaking on behalf of his behalf before Pharaoh. So they reached the point and said, but does God only talk to Moses? Eh? Doesn't he also talk to us? Eh? And the Bible says, and God had it. <laughs> hmm? Numbers. God had, he just overreacted. Like, three of you appear before me. What, what, what? Then now Moses was the one pleading, God, what's your problem? Why are you overreacting? Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? So when you talk about the spirit of the fear of the Lord, for you, in your mind, you think you fear the Lord, but you actually don't. Because you don't fear those that God has said you should fear. You see, David feared the Lord. So he treated Saul a certain way, even when Saul was very complicated. Very complicated. David would always say, who can touch the Lord anointed and be guiltless? Ah! Yeah. When he, every time he met Saul, he would prostrate. This is a man supposed to try to kill him. But down, face down. That's what the Bible says, face down. You see, Saul's problem is that he didn't fear Samuel. Yeah, he didn't fear Samuel. That was his downfall. So, the anointing, how do you know a person is anointed? They fear the Lord and those whom God has told them, this one, you have to fear them. <laughs> Looks like I'm preaching my own things here. Now people are quiet on me. So, have you seen all those ways the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon him? Yeah. Isn't some of it very unusual? Yeah. It's not what you were thinking. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you look at Exodus 20, let me go with 31 because of time. Exodus 31, 2 to 5. God instructing Moses says, See, I have called by name Bazalel, the son of Uri, the son of Har, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Where? In wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. That's the first person we see who was filled by the Spirit of God, at least when the Bible says so. It was to do art, art work, not, not, not to preach even. But the Bible says Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. It says they went about doing good and healing all were oppressed by the death of God was with him. So don't be one of those who completely misses the Holy Spirit's work in your life because you're waiting for a certain part of the service. And because we only have two hours for this service and I tend to teach long, we never get to that part often. 
But Pastor Angela, you can be coming up. <laughs> ah, I having a good time. Let's finish with Daniel chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. In Daniel chapter 5, these guys were having the party and they decided to bring out the things that smuggled from Jerusalem for the party, things from the temple. And when they were having a good time, a hand came and wrote on the wall. And everyone started having a bad time suddenly. Because the party is over. Yeah, many, many take care. So the king was super worried. And uh, so the wife of the king came and said, no, 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 no. This is what she told him. There is a man together in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, Explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. A man in whom there is the spirit of what? God. Understanding, wisdom, solving riddles, enigmas. Amen. I have a theory. One of the reasons Africa is poor is we don't value invisible things. One of the reasons Africa is poor, we don't value invisible things. We have a high value for the tangible and the visible. You're not willing to pay for the architectural designs but you're paying for the bricks and, and, and the sand and the cement yeah when we talk about certain businesses that you can't make sense of them Facebook is, is it a website what is it that's worth billions but you can't see it so you've decided it's not there but it's there. Our problem, that's our problem. And it expresses itself so many different ways. That's why we are willing to buy food, but not books. Yeah. Clothes, but we value clothes over podcasts. And food over knowledge. That's why we keep lagging behind. For us, it, it only makes sense when it is visible. Now, faith is about the invisible. So anyway, one of the ways to express itself is that even in the realm of the operations of the spirit, we completely miss the things that we don't see. 
like teaching and impartation of knowledge. And we are excited about the visible, the healing, the miracles. Now, we should be excited about that, but if that's the only thing we're excited about, then we don't understand the order of spirit, soul, and body because in our minds, it's only what pertains to the body that is valuable and that which pertains to the soul, our mind, emotion, intellect is not valuable. May God help you not miss understanding anointed people. Pastor Angie, offer to you. Let's respond to this one. Let's stand up and let's start to pray. I believe that one of the, 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 the word that kept coming to my mind was repentance, 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 repentance. That God is taking us to a, a, a level of anointing that's going to require impartation through teaching. So let's just pray in the spirit. As we respond to this word, I know that as Apostle was teaching, there are specific things that came to your mind. There are areas in your life where you're like, okay, I, might, I must make this right. I must make this right. So let's just pray. And even as we pray, you're in this room or you're online, in the car, at your home, or watching at one of the locations. And God is saying that, I want to pour my spirit upon you, but first I want to have my spirit in you. I want you to become a son. I want you to become a son in the kingdom so that you can walk in the spirit of knowledge, in the spirit of revelation, in the, in the spirit of wisdom, in the spirit of excellence. Okay? He wants you to come to a point where he can send you out into purpose. And so you're in this room and you're online and you've never given your life to Christ. You're not born again. And God is saying today is the day. Today is the, the day you say no to a lack of purpose. Today is the day you say no to pain. Today is the day you say no to striving by yourself. We have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit. And by saying yes to God, you're receiving the helper through whom you cry out, Abba, Father. You're born again. You're born again into a family where you have a father. So I'm going to invite you to do something very simple. Just put up your hand. Put up your hand in this room. Put up your hand online, wherever you are. Put up your hand at the locations. Just put up your hand and say, today, I've made the decision. I see your hand, sister, up there in the gallery. A pastor is going to come to you. I see another hand right here. There are pastors coming to you for this great decision. Friends, let's celebrate. There's a party in heaven. Wherever you are, as long as you put up your hand, a pastor is coming to you. I, I don't see anyone in the gallery yet. I see a second hand in the gallery. Praise the Lord. Sister, I see your hand. I need a pastor to go up to the gallery. Thank you for giving your life to Christ. Thank you for giving your life to Christ. Thank you for saying yes Thank you for saying yes to becoming a son. And we're going to say this prayer together. Say, dear father, thank you because today I become a son. Thank you because today I become a new creation. Today I choose to lay down my fears, my burdens, and just everything I've been carrying. And I say yes to life. I say yes to purpose. 
I say yes to your spirit. Take my life and make something significant out of it in the name of Jesus. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate. There's a big party in heaven right now. If you're listening on Spirit FM, send, send a, a message to 0774. The number is coming up. The number will come up in a bit and I'll read it out. I'll read it out. Um, I, I got a real deep sense for repentance for repentance as he was teaching Abmo has said that there is a move of the spirit and many of us have maybe been waiting for the move of the spirit to come a certain way okay so you don't pay attention to the teachings you don't pay attention to the leaders the sessions that Abmo teaches us on Tuesdays you don't come to garage because you're waiting, eh? You're like, let them call that healing event and I'll come and experience the spirit. But God is calling us to a, a, a repentance to start following our apostles' doctrine. The word I got in my mind, I kept feeling King Solomon, King Solomon, King Solomon. Like a certain era of peace where you're not in a space of needing miracle after miracle because there is just a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation and a spirit of excellence that that is what God wants to do to us then us, as we are living in peace and we have the spirit of might and counsel, we start dispensing the miracles where they are needed you're born again, send a, send a message to 0775 I'll say that again, 0775 so God is calling us to repentance. Let us start listening to our apostles' teachings. Let us start listening to them because the Spirit is moving through those teachings and we are going to see miracles, signs and wonders in Jesus' name. When God is here, sickness leaves the room. <laughs> because God is here, sickness leaves the room. Yes. I invite you to put up your hand right now. If you have any infirmity, any sickness, whatever it is, you're online, just put up your hand and we are going to pray. And we are going to pray. We are going to pray. You are going to be set free. I see chains being broken. Some, some of you, there are things you've prayed about for a while. Chains are being broken. Chains are being broken. Addictions are leaving the room right now. Boils. There's someone with boils. You have boils in your armpit. Boils in places. I cast those boils. I cast them. I cast them to the root. You're not returning in the name of Jesus. Someone has been dealing with headaches. Bad headaches. I cast them. I cast them. I cast them by his stripes. We were healed. Someone has a rush on the right side here. It's a rush. I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke the enemy and his hand on your life. 
someone has been having a, a pain on your neck, you feel like you're being squeezed. I command that demon to take his hands off you in the name of Jesus. The pain is leaving right now. You've been failing to turn your head. Start turning your head right now. The demon is leaving the room because God is here. God is here. In the name of Jesus, someone has been praying about their hair. You've been experiencing hair loss. I command your hair to grow in the name of Jesus. So whatever sickness is in the room is living in your stomach, in your legs, in your arms, in your back, in your heart, in your mind. Someone has been get forgetful. You're being forgetful. I command that devil to... I see a picture of like, you know, someone's hands in your head. I command that devil to flee the spirit of infirmity. Those hands out of your mind. In the name of Jesus, I close any door that has brought in demonic demonic um, activity in your life. I close every door. I shut it in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord Jesus? Come on, seriously. Yes. People have given their lives to Jesus. People are being delivered. People are being healed. Yes. Thank Jesus. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Do you receive that word? Yeah. You know you can be in a church and you don't know that the Holy Spirit is moving. But where did the 21 churches come from in one year? You think that's a work of man? 1,900 salvations last week. Is that a work of man? Hey. 1,200 missional communities. Is that a work of man? No. So God is in your midst, worship harvest. Yes. And you need to start recognizing that and giving him thanks and praising him and being a blessing wherever you are because you know that God is working with you. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to go and be a blessing? Awesome. So may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. May you be constantly aware of his presence. No more fear, no more panic. Just a quiet confidence in him and his presence. May that be your portion. May he open doors for you. May he com completely heal you, deliver you. May he give you purpose and significance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Again, happy birthday, Pastor Steve. God bless you abundantly. Yeah. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever. Amen. Our next service will be delayed by about five minutes. So it will start around 11.20 uh, because we overstretched this one. But God bless you. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. 
For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Territory.